Carmen DeFalco from ESPN <laughs> 1000. Back to the program. Carmen, welcome back. You're with Kevin Carries and former NHLer Vladislav Schmid this morning. Uh, welcome back to Sports 1440. Gentlemen, good to be back. How you doing? Well, we're doing great. Good, we're thanks. not as busy as you. We're just talking about all the, the meetings you're in. And, you know, here here it's just, you know, yeah. fun and games. We're talking about giraffes and sea lions. But, you know, you're the real deal in, in Chi-Town. <laughs> Thank God you're saving the day. <laughs> Every once in a while, some of the uh, the sales guys, you know, they ask us uh, they ask us to go in and help close some things. It's like Alec Baldwin and uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, <laughs> always the closing. So uh, I was in I was in one of those meetings, and all we're doing is talking bears and draft picks and Caleb Williams and Justin Fields, and my God, it's like yeah. Going by fast. We've got months of this, boys. Oh, like fun, this, fun, boys. Funny you said that. Yeah. The NFL draft. Well, you know what? Laddie's going to take the wheel here right now because yeah. that's what we were talking about. So funny ahead, you Laddie. mentioned that because uh, we were just discussing, like, what are we going to talk about with Carmen? Like, the the biggest thing in Chicago, obviously, the Bears. So they're holding the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? They have Justin Fields, but apparently there is a stat yeah. to be drafted. Yeah. Uh, Possible generational talent, generational quarterback. What are they gonna do? It's a great question, guys. I mean, like my, and I think we're still pretty early on in this process, and I don't know if they know yet. But like my gut says, it's gonna be hard for them to pass, you know, on a quarterback here in back-to-back years where they're sitting at the top of the draft. You know, last year they they traded the pick. Um, they 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 didn't. They weren't in love with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Um, now you can look at the decision after their rookie years and say, well, maybe they should have been in love with C.J. Stroud because he looks like he's going to be great, um, and you hope that doesn't come back to haunt them. But even with that said, they got such a haul for that first pick last year. They've really set themselves up quite well. They got you know D.J. Moore, who's a legit number one receiver in this league. Uh, one of the picks they got in the second round from Carolina last year, they turned into Tyreek Stevenson, who was a a starter on the outside, a cornerback for them all year, and played really well and made, uh, you know, uh, had a little bit of an up-and-down season, but really opened up some eyes and made some waves with the way he played. And He looks like he's going to be a foundational player. And then obviously, because Carolina was so bad, they're right back here at the top of the draft. Um, so they did well in the haul they got last year, but I just don't know how they could pass again. Um, and it's not really to disparage Justin, or it's an, necessarily an indictment on Justin Fields, but you know, he's going into year four. They got to make an, a decision on the fifth year of his contract if they're going to pick it up and guarantee it or not. Um, they're going to have to pay him soon if they do decide to ride with him. And at the very least, drafting a young quarterback now resets your quarterback clock. You get uh, an extremely affordable mm-hmm. quarterback mm-hmm. for the next handful of years. And like Laddie said, I mean, what if he is that generational talent that thinks if he plays at a level that's above or better than Justin Fields? You've really struck gold. So they, they, they're kind of sitting on a lottery ticket, it seems like. And I know prospects are just prospects, and plenty of them fail. But I, I think ultimately it's going to be hard for them to not draft one of the quarterbacks, probably Caleb Williams, at the top of the draft. Carmen DeFalco, ESPN 1000, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with Ladislav Schmid. So, Carmen, what would be the market value mm-hmm. to trade fields? What teams would be interested in him? And what are the Bears' top priorities and needs uh, in return? That's a great question. I mean, and it sure feels like at the very least you'd get something similar to the deal that happened a few years ago when the Jets were moving off of Sam Darnold 
they traded Sam Darnold to Carolina before the draft, and everybody pretty much knew at the, the time they did this deal that they had fallen in love with Zach Wilson. Now, that turned out to be a mistake, obviously, with the New York Jets, but they traded Sam Darnold, uh, who had a career you know, through the first three years that kind of mirrored Justin's in a lot of ways. They traded him to Carolina and uh, for a package of picks, and I believe it was a second, a fourth, and a sixth rounder, but it was definitely a second rounder in there. At the very least, the Bears are looking at getting a return like that, and Justin, quite frankly, is better than uh, Sam Darnold uh, any day of the week. You know, I, I really believe that, and I think teams would value him more. Some believe they could even get a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about that, but there are plenty of people within NFL circles that think that that's possible, and let's face it, it only really takes a team to fall in love with him. Uh, some people think if Bill Belichick ends up going to Atlanta that he might be interested in trading and maybe he would even trade a first-round pick for Justin Fields with some of the talent they already have on that offense down there. So, you know, could it be as high as a top 10 or a first-round pick? I don't know. It seems a little lofty to me, maybe, but at the very least, I think you're looking at some sort of a package in return of picks that would include second and fourth rounders to begin with. So I guess, Carmen, in the sense with uh... – with fields and even in the last trade, you know, they made with Carolina, would there be a possibility to get an impact player back like DJ Moore that they got in back from Carolina at another position, or are we just talking picks here? I I think it'd be picks, Kevin. And I, you know, the thing that, the thing that, you know, made DJ attainable last year was that number one pick where Carolina, you knew was going to swing for, the quarterback. They wanted the rookie quarterback. Now, it looks like they picked the wrong one, uh, but they wanted the rookie quarterback. And so that's what, you know, that's why the Bears were really dealing from a position of power. And ultimately, Ryan Poles was able to stand firm, you know, in a, the, the 48, 72 hours leading up to that deal. You know, originally Carolina had balked at it for obvious reasons, but he stood firm and said, if you want it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to cost you DJ more. And ultimately, they acquiesced. Um, you know, a team that's going to be acquiring Justin's not going to be in the market, obviously, for one of those young control quarterbacks. So they they want Justin for Justin. That's going to probably be a package of picks and not include a player, certainly not one of DJ Moore's caliber, uh, coming back in, in that kind of a trade this offseason. Carbon DeFalco, ESPN 1000, uh, our guest on Sports 1440. Our St. Albert Dodge game of the day is the Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. Carmen, uh, what's the feeling in Chicago with the Hawks, with you know, with uh, Connor Bedard out and the team being banged up and injured and you know playing in Seattle last night? But just what's the overall feeling with the Hawks right now in the Windy City? Well, you know, a lot of it is, you know, Bedard being out here these last nine, ten games is uh, is definitely hurting. And, and you know, I just think it, it, it's also people want to watch right now because of Connor. Um, and you know, Connor being out, I think, has taken a little bit away from just conversation about the team, overall viewership, and things like that. And let's face it, guys, they're just. You guys know it. I mean, they're not a very good hockey team. Yeah. I mean, they are beat half to heck. Um, you know, they're down. Uh, Taylor Hall played 10 games uh, all year before he got hurt. Connor's out. Uh, Connor Murphy's now, you know, joined the walking wounded. Um, they, they've just, they're missing a lot of guys, and they don't have a ton of top talent anyway. Um, oh, I think we just lost Carmen DeFelco. Uh, it, it, oh, Wayne's even more. 
Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, oh, Carmen. Sorry, sorry, guys. You still got me? Yeah, yeah I was got saying, you. I was saying with, you know, with Bedard out, you know, the, the interest wanes even more. So, um, you know, I think they're, they're a little bit of a tough watch last night. I, I did watch last night's game, and I'll give them credit for this. Even last year when, uh, you know, they were a lousy team, and in a lot of ways they were hoping to lose to get to the top of the draft, Luke Richardson has this team playing hard. I don't know what his secret is or how he does it, but they play hard. Even last night, they they were kind of right there with a chance to to come back and make it a game. You know, a little bit of a swing makes it 5-2 instead of 4-3. Then they give up another one and they lose 6-2. But they're just not very good. Um, they struggle to put the puck in the net. They're terrible on special teams. they got the worst power play in the league. they got one of the ten worst penalty kills in the league. And, you know, they're just not good. And, you know, I, I think – the eyes on the future, and it's just hoping that you know Bedard continues to develop and evolve, and hopefully three, four years from now, we're talking about one of the game's really special and great players, and then they got to fill in the margins around him. But they're just not a very good hockey team right now, and they're they're a tough watch on most nights, unfortunately. Well, I feel like <clears throat> I I'd say that was kind of expected. Now they're like fans can be re- yeah. too too upset or too hard. Like this is a full on rebuild. Yeah. Like. They went yeah. through it before Tace and Kane. I I played them during that time, and but they were able to able to turn it around. You just have to draft the right people, bring some uh, some free agents. Um, yeah, what what happened to Bedard? Yeah, you know it's unfortunate, but he'll be he'll be back. He's going to be a big piece uh, moving forward. And if you have it, it, if you have the right people at the helm, like the GM and you know the scouts. I believe they can turn it around, bring in, bring in people. And I, I wonder, well, you said that Luke Richardson got them playing hard. I feel like a lot of people, like when you're in the NHL, you have to hold yourself to certain standard. And like you're playing not just mm-hmm. for the Chicago Blackhawks, but you're playing for your name. So mm-hmm. you better you better try your best on everyday basis. And, you know, sometimes it's not going to be pretty, but the one thing you can control is your effort. And that's what they're doing, and I give them credit for that. Uh, my question is, like, they obviously going to be probably sellers at the trade deadline. I don't know what they can offer, but what are the players that, uh, you know, that we should be looking for they are going to be available at the trade deadline? That's another good question. I mean, you know, and they, they've locked a couple of guys up here with contracts recently. They just re-signed Mrazek to a, a two-year deal. Um, you know, they, they I think, you know, having Felino around going forward, I think it's going to be important to this franchise, so I wouldn't expect him to be someone that they make available. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Eddie O was, was singing the praises, if you were watching the broadcast last night, of what he thought that signing meant in the offseason. Um, while it might not show up in the stat sheet to most people, they brought him here with the very specific reason to teach Bedard and to teach some of the young guys. They got a lot of young guys, not only Connor, but a lot of young guys that they're they're playing a couple of pups on, on their back end. That yeah. mm-hmm. and, and they got more coming here in the next couple of years where they're hoping guys like Felino, uh, maybe Taylor Hall if he gets back. Um, and obviously he's not going to go anywhere because he's hurt this year. But they're hoping that those kinds of guys, um, you know, really teach the young kids. What you're talking about, Laddie, like what it means to play hard every night in this league, what it means to compete every night in this league, how to be a good pro. So I don't anticipate guys like that going anywhere. I don't know how much of a market there's going to be for some of their guys because they just don't, you know, you're not that you're expecting to get real top high-end talent most times the deadline anyway. Are you looking for grinders here or there, checking line guys? I mean, maybe. Um, it will be interesting to see, like, what teams are calling about and, you know, the kind of calls that, that Davidson receives here. But they just locked up a couple of guys with team-friendly deals. Again, I, I don't know if that means that's 
to make them more attractive in a trade or not. A guy like Morazic's an interesting one, and they gave him that that two year deal yesterday or two days ago, yeah. I guess it was. But uh, you know, a guy like Felino, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's going anywhere. I, I really think. What about Dickinson? Him. Yeah, <laughs> Dickinson's the guy yeah, that would have would have gone. A great call. Yeah, he would have been yeah. gone, uh, Carmen, but he signed a two year as well. Yeah, so he would have yeah, been. Yeah, uh, that's so, a great call. Like yeah. a guy like that, probably, but. You know, I think they, they're looking for certain types of guys that can continue to at least show the young guys what it means to be a pro in this league. And, I, you know, Dickinson's second-leading scorer on the team, so like yeah. he's he's kind of one of those grinding guys that I think they, they like having around right now. I think a guy, guys that would be on the move would be maybe a, like a Jared Tenorti as a really depth yeah. defenseman, mm-hmm. and then maybe a Colin Blackwell, but he's a little small, undersized at times, but still plays a big game. And uh, those would be the two guys that I would see that being on the move. You know what? We're going to Tenor- let you go Tenorti's here. Tenorti's a good call. Tenorti's <laughs> a good, yeah, because he's, he's UFA next year, next year too. So, hey, yeah. appreciate all your time, Carmen, and, and thanks for hopping on. I know you were a busy, busy guy this morning. Uh, enjoy the game tonight between uh, the Hawks and the Oilers. And of course, as you know, the orders are going for win number 15, 15 in a row. Incredible. Yeah. The turnaround's incredible. The Hawks haven't won on the road since like November 7th, I think. So I think you guys have been Okay. I think it could be like a three and a half spread here tonight. We'll see what happens. So I think it could be. Thanks, Carmen. Be. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Carmen. Hey, fellas. Yeah. You got it.